Love Talk Radio. Let's get love in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis. This is Book Talk brought to you by MJ Network in memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce. And we have MP Woodard here. And let me give you a little hint about Dead Drop because once I do, you could all go out and get one. I can tell you now. Nuclear negotiations between the United States and Iran have reached a crisis point. The new American administration is determined to move ahead, but there are several stumbling blocks, not the least of which is the already intelligent operative the CIA has hidden away in one of its safe houses, and I'm not giving away anymore. So, good morning and welcome to, back to MJ Network, and this book really got me. It's fantastic. Oh, hey, friend. Great to be with you. Thank you. Well, I, you know, considering it's got a lot of pages, I read it in two hours. Then I read it again to make sure I got it. So, How'd you do that? I took speed reading, and my mother made me read. I read ten books last week. That's a fact. And she wow. she did that. I'm yeah, she she made my life very difficult. If I didn't read a book at night, besides homework and stuff, I didn't, you didn't even want to know. So I'm used to it. <laughs> so creating wow. the man, no time, not much yeah. time for anything else because you're doing that. That's impressive. My husband's very glad because he keeps me out of the stores for shopping. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. There's always Amazon people. So creating the prologue, you incorporated issues that, you know, if you listen to the news and current events in Iran and the Middle East, like the Iranian nuclear program, Hezbollah terrorist attacks, and Mossad and the risk of developing problems with the of the Russia-Iran access. So how do these issues come into play when you wrote the prologue? Well, I was thinking a lot about the fact that the U.S. and Iran, you know, mm-hmm. used to have a, a, a nuclear accord. It was called the JCPOA, and it was under the Obama administration. But at the same time, um, it, it, Iran is, is right on the verge right now in real time mm-hmm. of, of getting nuclear um, uh, technology that they could weaponize. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to present a book where that had already happened and that um, the Israelis were very, very worried about it, whereas the Americans were thinking more about it diplomatically and trying to do a new deal that would be a a political win. And so that ended up putting the Israelis and the Americans um, in in conflict. That's that's the idea of the plot. I got that part. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of that is actually true. They, They do an awful lot of things that are over the top, but I guess they have the ability to do it or they have permission to do it. Sometimes you wish we could do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, in, in my research, uh, I went to Israel and I interviewed a number mm. of, of people, including some, some former Mossad officers and publicly available information. There are, you know, they've, they've conducted many intense operations against 
uh, Iranian scientists, you know, assassinations and killings have happened. Um, you know, lots of them over the last uh, over the last really 10 to 15 years. And so I wanted to highlight that the Israeli tactics can be very, very aggressive uh, versus the versus the American ones, which are a bit more circumspect. You often wonder who which side is right, but they have the right idea. They don't. They don't even care. They just go in and do it, and they don't. Well, say I anything. tried to present some of. The, yeah, but I tried you to did. present in the. Yeah, some of the dangers of doing that, and mm. and if 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 you are too aggressive and you know don't necessarily consider all the angles that it, you can end up escalating a situation when you didn't necessarily need to and that's that's a debate that in the book the uh, Israelis have among themselves that I know I think I got this so my favorite character by the way is Meredith and I'm worried about her I want you to be worried about her (laughs) I was very upset I go like wait a minute she needs martial arts, this poor thing, more. So tell us about Meredith and John, because I read The Handler, you know that, and how they carry yes, over to this novel. And then we have Mossad and their role as agents, which involve them too. So I, I love Meredith. She's got, she seriously needs a protective vest or something. <laughs> yeah, so um, Meredith is a hard-charging career person within the CIA's National Clandestine Service and is a is a reasonably senior executive and she's she's given the job to to you know assess or figure out or analyze a a a, a missile that the the Israelis have found and the Israelis think that it is uh it is a bad thing that it could contain it's a mm. nuclear warhead, that that kind of thing, but nobody knows for sure. And so Meredith's job is to is to figure all that out before the U.S. signs a new a new deal with Iran. And in so doing, she ends up in the crosshairs, effectively, of Mossad. But she's a you know she's a single mother. She um, is really interested in advancing her career, um, but she also really wants to get at the truth. And because she's a dedicated professional, she does that in such a way that sometimes puts her in danger. Well, there are other people. I'll get to that in a minute. Hmm. So what is Tanny, and what is that thing that they think, and who created it? And she's handling, I got this, I got an NIA, I figured this out, National Intelligence Estimate, right? I got that. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. So why, is she, why was she picked to do that? Yeah, so the way that, that national intelligence estimates or NIEs are real-world things, when mm-hmm. um, when the U.S. is considering, you know, a national security action, so it could be a deal like this, or it could be, as in the case of 2000, in 2003, you know, hey, do the Iraqis actually have nuclear weapons, things like that. And, um, and so they're a real-world thing, and you can go out there and Google them and actually read some of them. And um, in the real world, they are ultimately uh, endorsed or vetted by someone from the National Clandestine Service in the CIA mm. who is supposed to go and interview sources and, and say and end up saying, yes, we agree with this national intelligence estimate or we disagree with it, whatever. 
and that's Meredith's job. And in the in the book, that's a tremendous career opportunity for yeah. her. So she absolutely wants to do it, um, but she wants to do a good job, and that puts her. You know, there are people in, in the government that want her to say one thing, and the Israelis want her to say another thing, and, that, and so it ends up being a lot of pressure on her. It's amazing that she's even able to function at all at times. So this, not, well, I, I know, I told you, she really needs some value in the poor thing at times. <laughs> yes, she does. She, she, she gets wound up, some, for sure. Well, there are some people that are supposed to be on our side that I'm wondering about, too. So tell us about the Atlas program and what the problem is. Sure. So in in the handler, um, well, I don't want to compare provide a complete spoiler but let's let's know the the issue is that is that um we the americans and the cia and particularly meredith they have a someone who's supposed to be a high level agent from the iranian side and he's a former Mm. officer within within the iranian Quds force and so he's in a safe house and they're debriefing him and when this issue comes along, you know, and she's working on the NIE, um, mm. everyone thinks that, hey, you know, this guy should be able to, to tell us something. And, um, and so that, that's, that's, that's the Atlas program. And the, the Israeli Mossad knows that we have this spy, though, though we don't admit it. And they become frustrated that we're not offering up more information and they think it's for political reasons uh and so they end up you know wanting to penetrate that that program this much too now these two guys i have a question mark rance and dorsey and they're supposedly working with her but i get the feeling that if rance could knock her off the her block and get rid of her he would so i, I don't yeah, know yeah i, I two. yeah he's He's the, he's her boss, and he's not all bad yeah. in that in that he wants the right things to happen, but he's yeah. very threatened by by Meredith and and her personality and her ex husband John um, because yeah, okay. he he's more bureaucratic. He just wants things to function okay. He doesn't want people to make waves, and so he he takes a a more I think political point of view mm-hmm. and is more interested in saving his career uh, than he is in aggressively pursuing the truth the way that Meredith does. Well, he'll do anything to pursue his career. We know that. And you see it in this book, too. He doesn't even hesitate at times to do something. It's amazing. So how is Hezbollah involved? And then we're going to get to the guy that's in this knee deep from the Mossad. Yeah, I think it's important to understand um, a a little more about Hezbollah, or I wanted readers to understand a little bit more about Hezbollah, because most of us have kind of heard that before, but we don't really know what it is. And Mm. um, and Hezbollah Hezbollah is effectively uh, an Iranian proxy. It's a terrorist organization that the Mm. Iranians, you know, stood up and funded in the 1980s. And they were responsible, for example, for the, the bombing of the U.S. Marine barracks in 1983. They were also responsible for kidnapping in a, the American CIA chief of station in Beirut in the 80s. And they continue to, to function um, really with the help of Iran inside the country of Lebanon. 
And Lebanon mm. borders Israel. And so in the south of this country, Lebanon, um, really in the city of Beirut, the, the, the Hezbollah, which is this Iranian proxy, really rules things. And they, they are a, effectively a country within a country. And they have a large standing army, and they have missiles and weapons and everything mm. else. So the idea in the book was that if we were to do a deal with Iran that all seemed fine, we should also have to think about what Iran might do through Hezbollah. And that's mm. exactly what the Israeli point of view is and why they are trying to, uh, try, trying to you know, get in the middle of the deal and, and stop it. Well, they are dangerous. They still are dangerous. That's what's even scarier. But ISIS is even more dangerous. There are so many of them, and you never know about anything well, I think, anymore. I think think, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, that, that, this is true. Um, but I, I think what is scary about Hezbollah is that they actually have, you know, a standing army. They actually yeah. have missile labs, et cetera. And they're, they're protected within this other country of Lebanon. So in the case of ISIS, you know, they're sort of isolated in eastern Syria yeah. and northwestern Iraq, and they're effectively stateless. But with Hezbollah, they have, they have the, the resources of, of, of a country, Iran, behind them, and they, have, they, have, they sort of have sovereignty within, within Lebanon in that you can't just walk into another country and, and, and mess it up. And so that's, that's what I wanted to highlight uh, in the book oh, and did. make sure readers understood that they're a threat, yeah. Oh, it's scary. It's just scary. Who would want to even go there? So why are they dealing with Werner? And is he honest? And then what about John? I like John, but i just my favorite. Sorry, people. <laughs> um, so, so Werner is a um, yeah. he runs he runs the group within Mossad that's called Caesarea, and Caesarea is in the real world is the Mossad operations group. And so, just mm. like Meredith has the job of figuring out, hey, what is this mystery missile that Hezbollah seems to have? Her, you know, Werner's approach at Mossad is much more aggressive and. Mm. He believes the U.S. is holding information back, and yeah, he believes that, that the U.S. has this Atlas program that's holding information back. And so he no longer trusts, um, he no longer believes in the relationship that Mossad has with the, the CIA. Now, in the real world, Mossad and CIA cooperate all the time. And, but what mm. I wanted to explore was, hey, if there were a serious political difference, what would it be like if they didn't agree and ended up going against each other? That was a brave thing to do. I wonder. I I reviewed it, and I you know I don't write negative reviews, but I really love this book. I'm curious to know what other people think if they criticize that or anything like that. But who cares? I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And in my last my last book that I just got, I got three really bad reviews for no reason. And two, what can you do? You don't know. So how did Dorsey and Verna interact, and why the blow-up? And then there's Maya. Mm. <laughs> well, well uh, so, so Dorsey and Verna would effectively be peers, right? Yeah. So Dorsey runs the National Clandestine Service, and Verna runs that group within Mossad called Caesarea. And um, they, 
they, those two intelligence agencies compete for information, and ultimately, you know, um, they, they work for their bosses. So if the President of the United States, you know, doesn't want CIA to do something, you know, or behave in a certain way, they're not going to. And so the reason there's conflict between them is because Dorsey has to live up to the American strategy and Werner is much more aggressive and disagrees with the American strategy. So it puts these two spy masters uh, facing off against each other. Well, she, Maya is, is interesting. So how come she disguises herself and what are her joint roles? I mean, she seems to be in two places at once and you don't know whether you can trust her or not. So, so the, I, I, when I researched Mossad and met and met some mm. former Mossad officers, you you come to realize that one of their great strengths is that Israel is a which is you know a country that's seventy five years old is yeah. is blessed with immigrants from all over the world, um, Jewish people that right fled fled other places and wanted to be in a Jewish homeland, and so because of that. Mossad has, has, you know, people of all races, ethnicities, languages, mm-hmm. et cetera, that can blend into other places. And Maya is one of these people. She's, she's you know, Lebanese um, by birth, and um, she can blend into, into other situations. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that Mossad does that I wanted to highlight and why there is a character like Maya is they use women quite a bit, and they mm-hmm. think that uh, women are very effective at blending in and, and being super good operatives. So I, I wanted to, to create Maya, but also give her, um, you know, give her a life and, and a, a past relationship with, uh, with John. Well, I like that. I like that she's intelligent and that she's not deemed by a female, that I've been reading. I've read about 20,000 books in the last 10 years, seriously. And when it's wow. a strong female character, yeah, too many. <laughs> I shame people. She's really interesting. So she, she, what are, she uses all the disguises, and what are their, you know, joint roles? And why does she use so many tools? I mean, she's trusted. They're lucky that they have her. But why does she use so many tools? How does she have the access to so many different things? Because she's not a normal operative. She does things that are out of the box. Yeah, um, when I but when I did a lot of research on uh, Mossad and their their tactics, that that is that is what they do. So they you know they mm. they they often use female operatives who can blend into other places, and they equip them with the tools to be able to you know have a disguise, to be able to handle weapons, to be able to work with other specialized teams within Mossad. There's a an organization within Mossad called Bayonet, and that's represented in the book. And they're they're effectively a paramilitary organization, mm. um, and they are the guys carrying the guns, etc. So I wanted to have Maya working with Bayonet on on um, on special operations, and ultimately Maya works for Werner. And Werner is, as we talked mm. about, he's aggressive and is pursuing a certain policy as he sees it, and Maya comes into conflict as to whether she believes that, that that's the right thing to do. Well, she's got a touch of morals. So here we go with the guy. Hmm. Why is Kaladi the key to the whole thing? 
what does he have to do with anything? And I'm not going to say too much about him. Yeah. So, so, so this gets back to wanting to has to highlight Hezbollah as a threat. Yeah. Um, the Iranians have a have an organization that's called the Quds Force, and it's spelled Q U D S. And the and the the Quds Force's mission is to build up proxy armies around the world that that would um, support the Iranian point of view. And they're active in many different countries, um, but their their biggest most successful operation is with Hezbollah in Lebanon. And so the Quds Force, the early people uh, uh, from the Quds Force, really established uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon. And so um, the uh, Colonel Khalidi is an Iranian mm-hmm. asset that the Americans have because he's defected for various reasons, really to save his own skin. But he knows the answers uh, behind this, this missile that the uh, Israelis suspect Hezbollah has. And so that's why he's, he's critical to the story, because he has the intelligence, but he's using his leverage to, to get what he wants. He's effectively negotiating to get a better uh, defector deal. He's my guy, seriously. And when you read the whole thing, you'll understand just how smart he really is. So he meets with um, Meredith. So what happens when he meets with her? Because they want her to meet with him. But she's his handler, isn't she? She she wants she is his handler, and the, yeah. the issue is that she doesn't know if she can trust him. Of and course. He he is. Um, he presents himself sometimes as though he can be trusted and then other times as though uh, he, he wants something else. And in his case, he wants safety for his, his girlfriend because he's defected mm-hmm. and he's you know, worried about, about how the Iranians are going to react and, and mm-hmm. go after her. And so he's effectively refusing to help at all until they go and get uh, his girlfriend. Yeah, well, they snatched her, right? Kashra. They snatched her. Yeah, well, so she, yeah, that's the so, other thing. And, that is a, and that's something else I wanted to to highlight is that in the real world, it is very common for yeah. um, the Iranians to go and target someone and actually kidnap them. And they even did that in New York City. They tried to kidnap an American journalist, uh, and mm-hmm. I refer, actually referred to it in the book, and and so um, going after family members uh, as leverage is a common tactic of the Iranians. And someone like Khalidi, while he's in an American safe house, he knows that. So he wants he wants the CIA and the FBI to get busy and protect his woman. And you know the Iranians basically are a step ahead and and have taken her. And that and that and that really puts him. That, that puts him at odds with uh, Meredith, his handler, and he, he's angry with her because of that. After I read this book, I just made sure I looked behind my back everywhere I went. Seriously. You, you begin <laughs> well, to get paranoid. I, I, I hope I did. Yeah, I hope I, I – I'm sorry I'm responsible for that. <laughs> but that's the purpose <laughs> of a thriller, right? <laughs> you did it, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I go, to, I go to the Bronx on Saturday, and I go like, who is that over there? <laughs> Do I know you? 
And it's a good oh, neighborhood. Yeah. It's not like I'm going someplace where I used to live. Forget that. I grew up in the South Bronx. Forget that. So, well, friends, is, you know, better safe than sorry. That's that's what I. Well, yeah, I taught in a tough school in the Bronx too, and believe it or not, people were nervous, and it didn't even bother me because I knew I was protected by yeah. the kids. Didn't bother me at all. <laughs> So all right. who is who is Maloof and why does everyone want Khalidi and they want the end is well we'll go to somebody else that was killed. So who is Matui? Matouf. Uh, Maloof. Well, um, so he's he is the he runs the um Iranian counterintelligence and mm. he knows or he suspects that um Khalidi and the Atlas program, you know, he is he who's disappeared it's a mystery to the iranians as to what happened to him and some think that he was killed um and and maloof thinks that no he's probably spying and he is the one that initiates the snatch of khalidi's girlfriend so that's and his motivation is he's also very much a careerist and he doesn't want to get blamed for anything, and so he he tends to try to try to put things um, uh, any bad thing that happens he blames on Khalidi, and he he really wants to position Khalidi as a spy. Well, the people believe him sometimes, but they shouldn't believe. They just want to believe it. So why did they kill Doctor Farsad and his family? And what, what this was intriguing. What is the red page? So a red page is a real thing and, yeah. um, in Israel, and so th- it, it is an assassination order. And mm. they, like as I said, it's a real thing. They're they're approved by ultimately the prime minister of Israel, and Mossad mm. will go to to the prime minister and say, "Look, we think we can target this person. Do do you do you approve it?" And that's done on a red page. And so the the um, the the, the doctor that you highlight I used a real world incident um, mm. to 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 write about where you know this was on, it was only I think around 2019 um, the Israelis uh, killed a senior Iranian scientist in the real mm-hmm. world and they did it using a pickup truck with a machine gun mounted in the back that was operated by satellite so it's effectively uh, a, a sort of a low-budget drone that was smuggled in, and um, and it was a, a very a very brutal uh, and and public assassination. And so I wanted to to fictionalize that to show that the way that that Mossad does these things. That's scary. That's very. My nephew was there two years ago, and he said, you know. There was very, very a lot of a lot of security everywhere. He said you had to really be careful wherever you went. But he loved it. And my grandfather a long time ago met Golda Meir. For 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 oh, all no the, um, yeah, my grandfather was very high in the rabbinical society, and his funeral had 500 rabbis for real. And if my if Max no Goldberg said said something, everybody said, "Oh my God, how fast do you want it?" So he went to Israel, he met Golda Meir, and he met a whole bunch of other uh, dignitaries, and he came back and he told me, I said, and I was writing to my cousin, which I lost, she was in the Six-Day six War, the Yom Kippur War. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, and her, yeah. Her, yeah, I just, I don't even know what happened to her after that. 
So who is Eli and who is Rena, and why are they watch? What are they watching, and why? Well, um, they they represent um, people in the Mossad that are mm-hmm. that have a foreign uh, assignment, and so I needed, you know, they're 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 the people that are in the the U.S. that Werner has asked to monitor the Americans because he doesn't trust. He doesn't trust what the Americans are doing with the Atlas program. Mm. So now we have, what happens when Dale and Kasim meet? And how did you create that scene? And I was very mad at Kalidi for that. <laughs> um, I, uh, so because Kalidi had a relationship with John, and that's the one that's detailed in The Handler, the first book. Mm. He he wants John to go and protect his girlfriend, which we talked about a minute ago. Mm. And so that's why they are meeting, and that's why they are together. Um, but in the meantime, the uh, Mossad operatives have been, have been following the, the CIA folks. So when John goes to meet with Khalidi, it, they, they all of a sudden realize that that's there's there's Khalidi, and you know we won't say what happens then. No, I felt sorry for the other thing, which was the other thing that was there, but we won't say what it is. I felt really bad. So define IRGC. What does that mean? And how does um, how and why does Khalidi know that they want this uh, nuclear thing? Well, the IRGC is the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Mm-hmm. And um, back in 1979, um, when the Ayatollah Khomeini led, led uh, followers, really religious followers, devout religious followers, on the overthrow of the Shah of Iran, um, he, he inherited the Shah's military and the professional mm-hmm. military corps. And that military you know, tried to depose, they weren't necessarily on the same side as the Ayatollah Khomeini. And so he created a a parallel military, really, called the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, where it was people that he felt were very loyal um, to him. And that has evolved, you know, over the ensuing 40 years into the more elite uh, the more elite, you know, branch of the Iranian military. So the IRGC is a quasi-political slash military organization, and there's an IRGC Air Force, there's an IRGC, you know, Navy, etc., yeah. that runs in parallel to regular um, Iranian forces. And so within the IRGC is this thing called the Quds Force, which is specialized to, to go and try to, to create terrorist armies around the world to help spread the uh, Iranian theological re- revolution. And so that's, that's what the IRGC is. And um, Khalidi, the, the guy we've been talking about who's in the Atlas program, you know, he's mm. from the Quds Force, which is part of the IRGC, and he knows exactly what Hezbollah's up to because he used to be there in Beirut um, working with Hezbollah. Um, and there's this new other guy here. I've got to tell him questions. I don't know if I'm going to get to all of them. Tell us about the meeting between Syamak and his, his lieutenant, and what does he need to find out? I'm sorry, be- between who? 
Siamak, S-I-A-M-A-K? Oh, Siamak. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so Siamak works for... Siamak. Um, he works for, yeah, he works for Maloof and, and is the Iranian, is a loyal IRGC guy trying to figure mm-hmm. out where Khalidi is. So, you know, effectively you have the Iranians trying to find Khalidi and that's Siamak and Maloof. The Israelis trying to find Khalidi, and that's Werner and Maya, and the Americans who have Khalidi trying to figure out the truth from him. So in Chapter 17, what is Maya doing, and how is she involved, and why does Maya try to lure Khalidi? I don't like that guy at all. Um, so... I'm looking at chapter 17 to see, to, to, to see what you're referring to. Um, oh, that, um, in, in, in that, so as the, as the Israelis are trying to understand mm-hmm. what Hezbollah is up to, they run, you know, various programs within, within uh, Beirut to try to figure it out. And, and what I was showing in chapter 17 is mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not just all about spies, that they also yeah. use technical equipment. And in this case, I was pointing out that they, they were using a um, nuclear sniffer, uh, a device to look for um, uh, alpha particles uh, that, that, would, that would, you know, come off of things like plutonium or highly enriched uranium. Mm. And so, they, so it, within, within, in the real world, within Beirut, there are weapons labs that Israel knows about, and they actually publicize these. They're on websites that anybody can go, can go look at. And so what I wanted to highlight was that, you know, Mossad was, was driving around trying to use these nuclear sniffers to see, to prove that, hey, this could be a nuclear weapon in development here, which would cause them to act more aggressively politically. And so that so Maya was in that chapter running a team to do that. Well this is the end of chapter part one and then she meets with with John and something happens with her NIE thing uh through Rance and Dorsey. So that was the end of part one. Now we got part two. You started part two you had you included Cerebrus the uh from the from the handler who was in, 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 integral in getting something done in there. So tell us about him and who is Agent Maddox? Well, um, Cerberus was Cerberus. really from the, from the handler, and that's what had kicked yeah. off the, yeah. that's what had kicked off the, 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 the action in that one. Um, yeah. And, and so, so the, the challenge that, they have is that they don't know the, the Iranians know that they've lost um, an important scientist. They think that mm. he's, you know, defected to the Americans, but they don't know for sure. And they don't know if um, Khalidi, this Quds officer, you know, went with Cerberus or, or, or tried to prevent him. Now in the handler, we know that Khalidi didn't, really go with Cerberus, that he, yeah. he made a deal, um, but that, um, but the Iranians certainly don't know that, because Khalidi just disappeared. Khalidi's a cool character that I'm sure you're going to bring back again. 
I hope. Yeah, he's, I try. I try to make him, uh, you know, someone that you could at least understand, but who yeah. is is man, manipulating events toward his own ends. You don't like him a lot, but you don't trust him either. So poor Meredith. <laughs> she, why she poor thing went to buy Beirut, and how does she finally get through to go there? And you get the feeling she wasn't thrilled about that. Um, well, she, again, she wanted to do that national intelligence estimate and yeah. she's very gung-ho and working hard and, and trying to get to the bottom of it. And she knows that the only good way to understand what's happening is to get there on the ground in Beirut and really um, investigate Hezbollah. And she's somewhat frustrated because the American State Department in Beirut in dealing with Lebanon doesn't necessarily want to make waves. And so it's, it's, that's something that's frustrating for her because she's just trying to get to the truth. So she goes to Beirut directly to try to figure it out. Yeah, she's pretty brave. Well, that's my postman. He can wait. I don't care. So who is Rick Desmond? And who is Jill Rajani? Why is he in this Hezbollah safe house? Um, well, Rick Desmond is really just Meredith's deputy, and so is helping her get, get yeah. things done. And then are you asking about uh, Ramin Gurajani? Is that, is that who yeah. you're asking about? How, yeah, how so you he was the, <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he is basically the person that, um, Khalidi's girlfriend goes to for 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 help, and he mm. lives in London, and he's a doctor, and they knew each other as children, and so when she needs to get out of Iran, she goes to to see him. But before I forget, I got it in front of me, so I don't forget. This is a big one tomorrow, twelve o'clock. I never do twelve o'clock, but it's Janie and Krantz. And the bride wore white. Amanda Quick. How could I say no? And on the thirtieth, uh, Thunder Road. And on the first, someone we all love and adore, James McCrone, Bastard Verdict. That book is outrageously great. And on the fifth, New York Times author Robert McCaw, Retribution. And on the eighth, at five o'clock. This is really a big one. I never do five. The most fantastic interior designer that's on Facebook in the world, Howard Wiggins, is coming on. And on the 13th, which is North Patterson, and that's just part of what's happening in June. My show is booked, people, to the end of August. I gave up the last day. So if you have something in September or October, November, speak up, because I've got stuff in there, too. Believe it or not, it's amazing. I have never been this. I mean, I've always had a lot of authors and stuff, but I've never had it where just about every day in August I have to do something. It's it's amazing. So why why does Dale get the doctor and what are they concerned about what are they concerned about Dale what is what do they think that he knows or why they want to get him they better not well remember the the Israelis think that the Americans have this this asset Khalidi who has the answer to what's happened in in uh with with Hezbollah and they know that John Dale has had a past relationship with Khalidi, which is detailed in The Handler. Mm. And so uh, because of that, Mossad follows Dale and thinks that 
he is in on this plot to withhold information from them. So that makes them very interested in, in, in Dale. So then we have poor Meredith. Because of what happens, we won't say why she goes out on her own. So how do they come to work with Verna, and how does Maya fit in? And I got really scared on that part, because some of those scenes were like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I think that, you know, Meredith ultimately wants the truth. Verna mm -hmm. ultimately wants the truth as well. And both of them are somewhat stymied by the politics, either on the American side or the Israeli side. And so... So though they start out thinking they're almost they're almost adversary, they end up realizing that they want the same thing, and they realize they're better working together than working apart. Now this got me upset. They have the NIE, and she gets blamed for it. So who gets it next? She was not unhappy, but she wasn't happy, and she gets blamed for it. And basically, was it her fault? Because Meredith doesn't make mistakes. Well, she did make. She, you know, yeah, you I know. Argue, she, she did. did she, she botched this up. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so she got very aggressive on pursuing some intelligence that got that got you know national headlines yeah. uh, for 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 causing causing a bombing basically. But the, um, she. That's one of the that's one of the things that uh, hopefully you you're rooting for Meredith and when you see that you know she's she's she things have worked against her and they take away yeah. the NIE from her that that's a big wound to her because she is so aggressive in her own career. But she gets blamed faster than I mean Rance has done some pretty creepy things in this book too, and yet he manages to skate so many times. So one of these days she's going to have to be punished. So how does Mer <laughs> Maybe Meredith he will. Gets, we'll see. <laughs> Meredith gets taken. Why? And what is Operation Crackfall? That was interesting. Well, I can't. Uh, I can't. Don't, I don't, don't want to say too much. Yeah. who takes Meredith, but but you know she. We know that she put herself in danger in the aggressive pursuit of the truth and. She goes to a dangerous place in in Beirut, and that and that gets her in trouble. In Operation Crackfall was just John Dale's internal name for himself. That was something of a joke to him that he had he had managed to manipulate events such that you know CIA didn't quite know where he was. His managers didn't quite know where he was, so he could go he could go on his own and, and get a little freedom for a bit. I like John. He's got guts too. But, yes, he does. But, yeah, I know, but when she got taken, I got upset. So how does she get taken, and how does Maya meet her? And then she has an argument with John, and, well, John, give up. You're not going to win, but she can help well, it. Well, John, John and Meredith were, were married, and yeah. one of the things that, that drove them apart was an accusation of infidelity. Mm. And you come to learn that 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 John had a past release a past professional yeah. relationship with Maya that mm. certainly looks like they might have had a romantic relationship. And so Meredith doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> and so I don't either. when she ends when she ends up finally meeting Maya, it's it's a bit tense for her. 
the two of them together. So Maya, what happens when they realize that Meredith is hurt, right? And who is Pine? So how do things get out of control? Because Maya gets involved with this, and then I'm not going to say what happens, because I felt kind of bad, sort of. Uh, well, you you mean towards the end? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, towards the end, I know what happened. But how does how does she wind up with with how well she's taken? Because Meredith, you know, did was was not exactly treated the right way when they took her, right? No, well, that was all, but that was all a plan to make it look like. Yeah. You know that, that, yeah, that no, she'd, she did, yeah. she'd been taken, yeah, and that was all. That was all part of Meredith's deception uh, in order to try to get the Atlas program up and functioning again. She almost killed herself doing that. That was crazy. I mean, seriously. Well, they're brave. They're brave people. I know, I know, and she. Well, she won't have to worry about going on a diet anymore. That's for sure. After that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So what is the out noir cell, and why does Meyer make her feel like a prisoner? Because I don't know if, if Meredith trusts her. Well, because Mer- because Meredith's trying to sell the idea yeah. that that she is, uh, you know, taken, and they create the uh, uh, noir cell as basically a fake organization to trick everyone into thinking that. Um, that it, it's it's worthy of that you know they would be somebody that that would want to do a prisoner swap. So that's that it's all it's all effectively a grand deception. Since she does a good job, for real. So what is the militia posing? Why and who is it? I felt so bad. Who is the little person, the little child that they that he questions? That's in the book. Well, in uh, within within uh, Beirut, where Hezbollah yeah. functions, there are uh, you know loyal militia men um, who are loyal to the Iranians, yeah. and so the Iranians are looking hard for for uh, for Meredith, and they're using these these militia people as um, civilian spies to uh, to you know asking them for information as to how to find how to find her. Um, and so this is a just a, not you know just a child that uh, they they use who is fairly innocent that can that can help mm-hmm. Loki. Yeah, and just you know basically sit on a street corner and and watch and report back. And the child's not afraid. The child's afraid if they don't do it, right? Because something will happen. Yeah, then. I don't think I don't think that you know, it's a child, so I don't I don't think they know much more than hey, this is what you wanted me to do. And, and uh, and so and so that that's what I do. That's scary. That's really scary. So what is Meredith's plan, and how is Maya involved? And then we'll talk about the, the end. Well, I don't, talk, I don't want to talk. I don't want. I don't want to talk no. too much about what Meredith's plan is because that would be a spoiler of the book. But um, uh, the the idea though that she that Meredith has issues with Maya because she thinks she had a past romantic relationship with John. But then she's also forced to work with Maya is what I wanted to um, to explore and how that would be how that would be difficult. So how does Rance infiltrate? He gets close to somebody, and I won't say he gets close to somebody. Um, and how does he get away with all this stuff? Because you don't know whether he could really well, trust him or not. 
Yeah, but he's but he's effect, he's doing his job. Yeah, um, no, he did so, it. Yeah, so I wanted to show that that he was doing his job, and they thought that it was good to have a um, a back channel uh, yeah. direct relationship with an Iranian peer, so that they wouldn't have mm-hmm. to you know just go straight through to um, through the diplomatic channels and could speak truth and and rants you know because he's often interested in his career more than anything mm-hmm. he he is very excited at the idea that he is pivotal for maintaining that that relationship he would step on anybody's head just to get ahead he doesn't care yeah. pretty much but we've all known people like that haven't we tell me about it i do know yeah. um and <laughs> and dorsey is supposedly a good guy and who is the director that is in charge of all of it? Because you don't really hear from this person. Because every time he has to do something, he has to run it by the director and pray that it gets mm-hmm. approved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and so I don't I don't name the director because I you know no, you there don't. is a real world CIA director, and I don't want to I don't want to bring in real names of of senior um, senior officials. But um, I think Dorsey I, I think Dorsey is a good guy and wants to get the right thing done, but it's complex for him. He's got a lot to manage and consider, but ultimately he's very, he, he ends up very committed to getting Meredith back. My favorite part of the book that you made life so much easier for is the glossary, for real. Oh, good, 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 good. It did because, because when I, I didn't know I, what national intelligence estimate was, I go, wait a minute, I got to know what this is. I wanted to know what a whole bunch of stuff was, and I said human intelligence reporting through agents, and I'm learning all this stuff. And then the Onuage a French for Black August, because I took French vaguely. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, this this was so interesting because most people. Just read the book and then go like, what does that mean? And what do they do for and who, whatever. So how would you com- uh, explain the quad, the quad force, the Israeli, Israeli, uh, the Iranian intelligence force? And they're dangerous, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, the, that, the Quds force was what I was uh, referring Kuds to force, earlier. Yeah. That, yeah, that they that they uh, go and and foment uh, revolutionary armies in other countries. Um, I think I think one of the challenges of um, writing in this genre, where there is a lot of military jargon and you know spy jargon, et cetera, is that you want to sound you want it to read authentic and to present to present things as they exist in the real world, um, because that you know that that makes for a better book. But at the same time, in so doing. It's challenging because there is, you know, there is a lot of jargon, and it makes it hard for people to to follow if they're not familiar with it. So I I try to use the right terminology, but not too much of it. And then and whenever um, the glossary is there, of course, to to help understand all of that. I did, and so I'm, glad, that also, I'm glad you found that useful. Not only was it useful, but I've read too many books, like I've said. And I know pretty mm-hmm. much the cast of characters, but I didn't know the Iranians, so I have that 
in here. Then I got to really know who Rena is and, and Mia, and she wasn't exactly one of my favorite people, but you don't know. And then you get to know, well, Grace Dale is their daughter, John and Meredith's daughter. Yes. And what I liked was right. that there weren't, the last book I read with characters had, I counted 350 characters that the author described. And by the time he got to, I finished reading the characters, I said, I don't know if I want to read the book. I was exhausted. <laughs> you know, just trying to figure yeah, out who's who. I, I, think, I think that that's, um, that's w- one of the things that is a, mm-hmm. a challenge is really keeping a story tight enough that there aren't too many characters. Cause then it, and then it can get too complex, you know. So making it interesting and complicated enough that it's a good, a good drama, but, but not having so many characters that it's just ridiculous. And that, that's something that's always, always uh, hard to do. Well, the final scene, what happens is outrageous. It's good. So I'm not going to say what that is. That was interesting. Um, where does Meredith and John wind up? And what about um, Khalidi? Well, um, you know, I'm, I can't say. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they, uh, so, I mean, I, you know, uh, one one thing that, that I think I want to happen is for people to question whether Meredith and John, you know, are yeah, together, no. should be together, um, you wish they were together, you know, uh, that, that kind of stuff. And so there's some of that, there's some of that in the ending. And, um, and hopefully you also get to see a, another side of Meredith and that Steve's taken an interest in, uh, you know, a young girl overseas, Maya's daughter. Uh, and so, those are all things that I wanted to present because it makes for, to me anyway, makes for a more interesting character. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see what you do next. Seriously. Oh, so thank what you. Is, yeah, well, the the third book next? Uh, in this, yeah, the third book in this series is um, is 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 already. I've already written it, but I'm still perfecting it, and will submit it to my uh, editor soon. And then um, I've also uh, written a standalone um, a book that's different, that's not part of the series. So, so this series book, the next one, which should come out next year, and then hopefully a standalone book, which is similar subject matter but different characters. Um, uh, hopefully we will see that next year too. Well, that, that is good. I have to wait that long, really. I, I was so excited when your uh, publicist emailed me. Because I saw it on Facebook, and I was going to ask anyway. And it's, I, <laughs> well, good. I, I'm, glad you, honest, and I'm glad you saw it on Facebook. <laughs> I don't. It's all over. Yeah, I even put it on Facebook that, that you were on today. And, I'm t- you know, I don't ask people for books too often. But if I see something on Facebook and I, and I really want it, if I'm lucky, I get it. You never know what I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's Where what publicists do, and so I'm glad they Yeah, well, out. she's excellent, and she answered me, but I also did something, and that was a good thing I did because she had the wrong time. I said, it's an hour. I just hope he could do it. And she thought I said a half hour. But I always email the person three weeks before to confirm, then two days before, then the day of. Because last yeah. week, I won't say who, somebody forgot to call in, and he said I overslept. Oh, God. Yeah, there's, you know, when you launch a book, you do a lot of podcast interviews and, and blog yeah. interviews, and so it can get it can get kind of complicated that way. Um, but I remember um, I remember speaking with you last year, so I I know I knew exactly what to expect. No, you knew it was me. <laughs> you know, I knew it was you, last, friend. 
uh, my last book came out in January, and I'm disappointed. I'm on a tour with a tour, and they're very good. And unfortunately, it's called accusations. It's people that are wrongly accused, but they're true stories of people mm-hmm. that died. Yeah. But before they died, they told me their story. And the other side of it is people whose voices were silent, my grandmother's. And instead of saying, it's not my book, somebody said, your editor didn't do a good job. Oh, he did a fantastic job. I didn't say anything. I didn't care. And the other thing yeah. was they didn't they didn't understand what I was saying. How could you not understand? Mm-hmm. I mean, two, two stories growing up, wrongly accused. The last two I got were five stars, and they actually understood it. I felt much better. But this is not yeah. one of my happy ones. Yeah, but you know what? I guess everybody gets bad reviews once in a while. But your, your yeah, book is it fine. can happen for sure. It, it can happen. I hope I hope I don't get any, but, but I know it can happen. You didn't, because I just went on to put my five stars this morning. And what oh, do I see? thank you. I appreciate that. I haven't been giving five stars, trust me. And there was a book I read last week that I didn't put on Facebook, on Amazon, because basically it was less than three stars, and it was that bad. And it's a famous oh, person. Yeah. yeah. So that I yeah. said, you know what? I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. Person. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, so not, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do that. I won't. I won't. I won't do something like that. And I don't want to hurt anybody's. You know, whatever. So I would rather just yeah. say, oh well, too bad. But I'm sure yeah. you're going to get good reviews. Who's going to give you a bad review for that? I well, can't imagine. Let's, let's, hope no, let's hope nobody. You know, somebody who has an axe to grind, maybe. <laughs> You just, you just never know because you know uh, the, some people just write the last um, they write the back cover and then they write something at the end and I've read Kirkus reviews and publishes weekly reviews and a lot of times they'll just quote the back cover the summary and at the end they'll say yeah. you're going to be disappointed and you know what you can't mm-hmm. but I can't imagine anybody giving dead drop a, a, a bad review but thank you so much this is brightening my day and everybody Excellent. it. It's a beautiful day outside. Everybody say something nice. Say something positive. Everybody have a great day. MP, thank you so much. Bye. My, my pleasure, friend. Take care.